Many African children, children of immigrants or descendants of those who've been historically marginalized, have a common parental story. They were told that they must become a doctor, a lawyer or an engineer, one of those important professions that guarantees some sort of financial upper hand. The arts and sometimes even the humanities are considered a big no and it's considered a waste of a hardworking and underpaid person's earnings. The parents would then be able to boast of their doctor daughter or their lawyer son, whether their child has any joy in being a part of that profession or not. Seeing how little domestic workers earn, one would not be surprised if they fit into this category of parents that advocate for a delay of passion for stability. Get wealthy first and then follow your dreams. For some mm. children, those professions happen to be their passion. How lucky. For many others, they're not. And they find themselves becoming something that they don't want to be in order to become something that they want to be. Only later on. 21-year-old Innocent, whose mother's a domestic worker and whose father he just met this year, is an artist to the core. He's even starting a creative movement in Pretoria. The basis of his creativity is his life in the townships. Now, this isn't uncommon. Greats like Hugh Masekela have credited his life in the township as his greatest source of knowledge and inspiration. Today on the Made Sessions on CliffCentral.com, we'll be discussing Innocent's pursuit of creativity and all the things that come with it, from family opinions to guilt, to backup plans, to funding sources, and hopefully to joy. Welcome back, Innocent. It's so good to have you here again. Thank you guys for having me today. Um, I have with me my very beautiful co-host, Mbali Jomane. Hi. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> um, hi, guys. It's really good to be back. So just a refresher, um, Innocent came with his twin sister a couple of weeks ago to discuss being torn apart at birth and finally finding each other just um, this February. And they also spoke about a creative movement that they've started in Pretoria called Chilling with the Creatives. Yeah, Chilling with the Creatives. So Innocent, let's start with uh, what creativity means to you. Okay, being a creative to me, you know, it, it's like having an opportunity to express what's within to the outside world. That's amazing. That's such an accessible uh, definition. Mm. Uh, just give us a brief background then of how you got into the arts and what your creative skills include. Okay, this started when I was still in school, mm. you know, and growing, growing up in a township like in Pretoria, you know, guys, we were surrounded by many thugs and criminals, you know. So, and, and you know, like, most of those people, uh, you know, they, they believe in, 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 in those kind of things, you know, not, not being themselves and not becoming a better person in life, a positive role model, you know. So, so my, my, my mentality was to always be a different person. But then the only way for me to be a different person is to set new rules and do new things. It's interesting. So you associated being creative to being positive yeah. and having a positive influence. It was sort of a direct, <laughs> Reaction to what you saw as negative yeah, is not good. True, because uh, most of the things that are happening is that people that 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 are like thugs and all, they have like a very negative influence, and yet the negative stories behind them. You know, because sometimes for people to be thugs, it's not because of they wanted to be thugs. Maybe the situation that's happening at home. Mm. Mm. Then they become negative. I love that. I love creativity as a as a mechanism to kind of address um social issues or yeah. situations that you find yourself in. True, because okay, you become a creative 
and you become positive you influence people and you sh- you it's like you become a motivational tool to people because eventually people will start looking up to you and you 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 create things that you know that inspires young people out there to reach their full potential so there's this artist i can't i can never remember what his name is um he <clears throat> so he's a performance artist but he does some of the worst things i've ever seen to himself in my life like he's literally sewn his mouth together mm. before like with a needle like it's gone through and okay. he's sewn <laughs> his mouth together yeah. um he's he's chopped off a side of his ear he has nailed <clears throat> his balls to to this, to a public square. Okay. Um, he has, uh, <laughs> so he's taken this barbed wire and, and crawled into it completely naked with his skin getting stuck onto the barbed wire. Okay. So he is and his medium. Yeah. He's, he's a performance artist and all these, all these things that he does is a kind of commentary on the political climate. Okay. In which he, he exists. You yeah. Know? So, um, for him, his art is always a reflection of the kind of gravity of the political climate. Okay. For him, art isn't fun. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, mm. One can say it's positive. Mm. I don't know if it's fun. <laughs> I don't think it is for a lot of artists. Yeah. So, so what I wonder is, what is your statement? What, like, what do you think for you? Because okay. for, 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 I think every artist's art means something very different for them. But for you, what do you think the essence of being an artist is? And what do you think is the responsibility of your art to people? Okay, like me being a creative is that like, you know, I, 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 I personally feel that I'd like to share my story to, to, to open boundaries and to inspire people. So you're not limited to who you want to inspire. You, no. You don't mind inspiring someone that comes from the same background <clears throat> as you, someone that's completely different to you. For you, it's about inspiration. It's about inspiration. If you were to say it in one word, what is your creativity? So, so like someone is a poet or a painter, okay. or what is your, what is your skill? Barbarian. Barbarian. Mm. Okay. That's interesting as a, as an art form. So this is interesting to me. Because for me, it, it seems like it's it's deeper than a career, and I almost want there to be a a distinction. Okay. It's a lifestyle. Okay. It's everyday lifestyle. Because okay, I don't just do fashion, or I'm not just I don't even limit myself. Because I do a lot of things. I'm an MC. You understand? Uh, I'm trying to become a, a radio personality as well. Mm. And through me, the process of me wanting to become that. I need to always be positive, number one. Mm. You understand? And I also want to be a a presenter. It's the route that I'm trying to Mm. become one. You understand? So once you start opening the first door, you start noticing that you've got a lot lot of things that you can do. Mm. You don't just focus on one thing. Because many people just focus, okay, like on being a poet, being a designer. But then you can be a lot of things. Would you fall into the... The sort of Kim Kardashian way of being a business person where you sell yourself as yeah. a brand. Yeah. Um, and I mean, that manifests into a lot of different kinds of personalities. Yeah. And for you, it's quite the wild child, <laughs> <laughs> very eccentric image. Huh? But you're selling your your identity and all the things that that implies, you know, the way that you live, the kind of friends that you have, cool. the kind of parties you attend, all that kind of stuff. So you're selling all of that as a kind of brand. So if 
there's, you know, a big brand that wants to associate to you, they're yeah. associating to a kind of lifestyle, a kind of True. way that you live. So they, in a way, subscribing to that. Is that, is yeah, that sort of the idea? Yeah, because, so I'm a brand. So, the, and, and it's also cool because I can be a face of any brand. Yeah. Right. Through the process of me growing. So that's kind of, I mean, as a writer, which I suppose is a, a form of art as mm-hmm. well, right? Mm-hmm. That's kind of always been uh, my difficulty. And I think it's something a lot of artists or creatives struggle with is when your, your, what very much feels like a part of your identity and, and, and your calling and your purpose then becomes something that you commodify. Does it feel like when you are beginning to, to commercialize all these things and to commodify them that you're, you have to be willing to make certain compromises in terms and tweaks in terms of your, like your core. Yeah, because <laughs> that's a funny thing. Yeah, I was once a waiter, mm. and, you know, and 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 that type of atmosphere you need to look in a certain way, which they call normal. Mm-hmm. Understand? So I had to change my look. But then I was not happy because I was not doing it because I love it. I was doing it for the money. That's the problem. You, I, I believe that, you know, if you do something, you need to do it because of the love and you will enjoy it. But then if you're doing it for the money, you won't enjoy it. You see, that there is the reason I feel like black parents struggle yeah. with creativity as a, a profession okay, or a, profe- uh, a professional option is because... I think the lines are blurred between love and money and Mm. the intentions of our parents primarily is um, to push us towards sustainable livelihood. So being able to be self-sufficient, you know, Mm. being able to um, set up house, have a family, take care of ourselves, whatever else, you know, just being financially independent. Um, And that's, that's perhaps the struggle is that creativity doesn't, and it depends on the creative. But it doesn't fit squarely into a professional box. So there's almost yeah, maybe certainly. too much uncertainty. Yeah, I think um, even though you're a brilliant musician, it doesn't guarantee mm. yeah. that you'll get a job as a musician. True. If you're also pursuing creativity, at least have something that's going to back you up. And you do have one, right? Mm. Amen. So you're busy studying <laughs> yeah. at the moment. What are you studying? Archives and records. Do you like it? What Did you pick it out of passion or is it your backup plan? It's a, it's my backup plan. So it's information science. And, you know, I get hmm. to know a lot of things yeah. through information. You understand? So it also helps me to gain more information about the creativity because I'll have strategies to gain information. And pursue my talent. Mm-hmm. Hmm, so, is that how you picked it, or did you sort of just pick something for the sake of having a backup plan? Okay, it's it's also another alternative for me to do psychology because, you know, in UNISA for you to be psychology, you need a specific percentage. So, unfortunately, I didn't reach that percentage. But then I had an alternative. Information science. Is psychology a genuine interest for you? Too much. Is it? Okay, yeah. so you wouldn't have mind, you won't mind if you either go the creative route or the psychology route. No, yeah, I won't either mind. way you'd be happy. Yeah. That's very nice to find that. True. Yeah. Um and you um said 
that your father is the one that actually you think you got your creativity from your father. Yeah. Because he's also quite a creative man. Um, did he ever pursue it? Not really. He, he never pursued it like in in in, in its fullest fullest wing. Because my I have my uncle who's also a creative, but then he's he he's he's blooming. Mm. And he's in he's in America right now. Mm. He's a dancer. He does a lot of things. So okay, and I won't actually say that I took it from my father's side because okay, I come from a family that are all creators, but then my father limited himself to become that great person. Mm-hmm. So I took the my my uncle's side because he's a very positive person and he's willing and he and he's doing it. Out there, so he's in, he's the one that's inspiring me right now to become that better person. So, having older members of your family, having explored the creative realm somewhat, whether it's your uncle a lot or your father just a bit, does it make it easier for your mother, for instance, to accept that you want to take a route in creativity? Has she always been encouraging, or does she have some issues with it as well? She used to have she used to have a lot of issues because when I was still in school, sometimes I used to skip classes to go to gigs. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I used to skip classes to go to gigs, and he said the calling was just too incredible. It, it was just too loud, you know. And not to say that I didn't even want to go to school, but then you know I try to balance the equation. You know, if school doesn't work out, I could probably win in the creative sector mm-hmm. you know so my mother has always been like you know a disadvantage for me to become because you know okay my son is out here rocking some you know some hella some hella cool st- like kind of you know devilish tease you know people used to think that i was satanism yeah hmm. and i understand and the society made her feel that way I yeah, but I mean, that. no, I think um, that in African culture, how we um, label a lot of things that we don't understand mm. is, um, yeah, we make them kind of sinister. And I think sure. it's because our frames of reference and our moral compass is so religious, you know. Yeah. Um, but you see, now I'm not convinced, though. I'm not convinced that you would be equally happy as a psychologist because I wonder then, you know, if you were bunking school, to go mm. to gigs, right? And you said the calling was really loud. Mm. Is that the same way you feel about a career in psychology? True. Well, was he studying psychology when he was banking? No, it was in school. Because it was high school. School, which isn't no. But I'm wondering. Passion. Yeah, but I'm wondering if you would go to the same lengths. I will for a psychology degree. I will because I I, I personally have a love of working with people and getting to know people and actually inspiring people. Mm. Because I'm also influenced into the motivational speaking thing. You understand? Yeah. And, you know, a psychology, it's like also a motivational person, but then in an indirect way, because you get to sit with different people and just share conversation. Okay. So then do you feel like, would you say in some ways that you practice psychology through creativity? True. True. Yeah. Interesting. Is that something that um, kind of fuels your, your creative choices a lot? Yeah, yeah, it does. This connection with connection people. with people because creatives are people that that like being or surrounding themselves with other people. Are you sure? <laughs> yeah. I don't know about that. On me or mine? It's just you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because yeah. yeah, I I do think it is down to personality. I think yeah. your personality does enjoy that definitely. True, yeah, but I mean, I think it also it 
it works well for the kind of creative that you are as well. Because, you know, if you're selling an identity and a lifestyle and those kinds of things, then the crowd around you is part of your art. Yeah, because so. they are the people that are going to push you. They are the people that are going to tell people about you. Mm. So you need to always surround yourself with those people. Mm. And also keep them motivated mm. so that when they go to other people and tell people about you, people can should wonder, who's this guy? What's so incredible about him? Yeah. So you're basically trying to build a double career. Yeah. How are you funding this? <laughs> <laughs> so okay. how do you how do you get through school and at yeah. the same time how do you create your because I mean you've got beautiful imagery and mm. very uh, an amazing style, very yeah. interesting style. Yeah. So how do you keep up with both of them mm. financially? Because me personally I ain't funding that shit. <laughs> <laughs> it is not being funded. Okay. You know, like for <laughs> okay. For me to go to different gigs. Yeah. I get paid. Okay. So, you know, if when I get paid, I use the money to go to school. Nice. Interesting. Mm. So it's actually the creativity funding the profession and yeah. not the other wow, way Wow, you don't hear that every day. Okay, yeah. then that almost mm. shucks. Nullifies my next question, which was going to be, um, do you ever feel any guilt that your parents made the sacrifices that they did and your dad wasn't able to give expression to his creativity maybe because he had responsibilities mm. and that you well he didn't he didn't grow up with his dad oh you didn't grow up yeah, okay grow up. okay yeah. so then guilt mom. towards your mom right because you know she obviously had to prioritize putting food on In the, the table, table and passion to her was a privilege so mm. do you ever feel i was going to ask if you feel any guilt about um just doing your own thing not really, but because my mom knows that the, the creativity thing, I didn't just like pick it up anywhere. It's something that's what was within the family, mm. my father's side. So he's she's noticing, she's noticing it. Just that she, okay, she didn't want me to become a creative. You know, she was expecting me to be like those lawyers, you know, the doctors thing. But then the DNA that's that that's in me, it's different, you know. It's the creative DNA, you know. Do you know if she's disappointed at all that you're choosing to pursue it? Uh, for now, she's not disappointed because I'm back at school. Okay. If you weren't at school, then it, do you think it would have been a problem? Yeah. Okay. Do you think that she would ever help you financially? If you say you just ran out of gigs and it's a, b- a bit of a dry season, do okay. you think that she would help you out? Uh, you know, I've, I've taught myself one thing that I don't rely on my parents mm. because I've never grew up relying on them. I've always been a hustler and I've always, you know, always, uh, had something that that's going to sustain me. You know, if I don't get gigs, I hustle and I sell clothes. Mm. If I don't, if I don't get like castings, I try to get gigs for being an MC. <laughs> you understand? So it, it's a it's a different ball game. I'm everywhere. That is why I'm saying I don't <laughs> limit myself. I try to always be hungry, always be active and always move yeah. to the next level. And do you think that all those things will one day come together to build an empire? So will that be a clothing line? Will that be you yeah. know, motivational speaking? Will that is is that the plan or at the moment is it just a series of separate hustles? 
Okay, it's a plan because one day when I become successful, I can share with the f- future generation the steps that I've been through. Mm-hmm. You understand how hard I used to hustle. And uh, understand the failures that I also have been through, and how wa- was I able to succeed through them? Mm. You know, so it works as a, as as a very huge and amazing plan. Because okay, chilling with the creative is it's out here, it's growing. You understand, so it's becoming an empire as well. Question: Do you think your mom is creatively frustrated? <laughs> no, on a on a on a personal level, right? So yeah. we've spoken about um. How therapeutic creativity can be, yeah. right? And, and liberating yeah. to whatever challenging set of circumstances you find yourself in. Yeah. Um, do you think she craves a similar outlet? Do you think she has one? No. No. Do you no. think she could do with one? Maybe. I wonder about that generation and maybe just like a generation older. If, like, I think sometimes, there's there's not even a a way to process art, you know, yeah. or creativity. So it's like you, you know, when you 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 can't know what to miss. You can't, like you can't even know what to miss because yeah. art was just not a a thing. It wasn't an option. It wasn't. I mean, I rem- I remember like my mother, my mother thinks that soccer players are thugs. <laughs> you know, yeah. like they're just uneducated yeah. people that just decided to not take life that seriously. So they decided to play games for the rest of their lives, you know? So, yeah. so, so that's association. That's quite a challenge for us. And the reason I'm asking this question, um, is that, you know, we as the maid sessions and as maid have taken quite a, a creative approach to addressing, um, Domestic work okay. in South Africa, right? And mm. to tapping into the unseen and undervalued potential that domestic workers have in South Africa. Do you think in your mom's situation, in her role and her job as a domestic worker in her own life, there are ways in which creativity would have um, helped her along? And giving her, given her, um, different opportunities or, or different choices. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Because, uh, what are you saying? It's so true. Because, you know, okay. Her being a creative or oh, those opportunities helping her because she can learn and she can, because, you know, our, our, I don't even want to lie to you. Our parents as black people, they are so creative. So creative. That's the thing. Amen. But then they limit themselves, not because, but then I wouldn't even blame them. I'll blame their parents and society at that time of the moment because they were not influenced to things like social media and all. I must say, though, they practice creativity all the time. Like yeah. mm, the hustle, yeah. surviving. Mm, nothing makes you creative like the hustle. Hands on creativity. Yeah. Beyond. Yeah. All day, every day. And yeah. and also for, for creativity to be intertwined with survival, I think is fundamental because that's how new systems come. Absolutely. So that's how new economies come. I mean, yeah, like the kind, the kind of creativity that I think a lot of the marginalized and immigrants and those kind of things come up with are the things that literally change society. I mean, and which is why I loved your definition of creativity in the beginning. It's like a way of being, a way of thinking, right? It's mm. not a body of work or a craft necessarily. It's just a mindset. Yeah. I wonder if, if, if a lot of black parents are actually 
closet or unseen, not the word is, mm. creatives. I mean, but is it fun when you have no choice but to be creative? You know, mm. when creativity is a choice, it's very different. And it can even maybe from time to time be rewarding when it's not mm. painful or whatever it is, you know, that that allows your creative expression. But when you have to be creative, when you have to like create mm. a meal out of mayo and <laughs> ham, yeah. uh, you know, that's not fun. So yeah. mm. it's it's also about... The things that bring out that creativity, what is? what are the terms? You're right. Yeah. So do you think then that is why they caution us against it on a very subconscious level because they associate creativity to struggle, to hustle? Yes, I do think that that has something to do with it. But I also think there's no guarantee of financial stability. Mm. There's no guarantee of success. Mm. What does it even mean that you want to write words mm. <laughs> and get paid to write words? You know what I mean? Mm. But but someone can quantify what an accountant's role is, yeah. what a lawyer's role is. They can easily and comfortably say that to their neighbor that my child gets people out of prison or my yeah. child. Mm. But what is my child writes words? Yeah. Mm. But you know? I think it's mm. it's a problem because this mentality killing us you know it's denying a lot of people to become great people you know because okay you can go down to the cbd or anywhere you might find people that are dancing just in the mm. streets to make money mm. is it is it that bad if it's delayed gratification so first get a degree first become a lawyer and then you can pursue a career in the arts is that still an issue it's a i think it's an issue because sometimes we need to f notice that being a creativity as well, it goes with age. Are you sure? <laughs> I'm sure sometimes. <laughs> because it's sometimes, you know... Because it's you, not quite like an athlete. Yeah, an athlete only yeah. has maybe in, 10 years. Yeah. But in different creatives yeah. as well. You need to know that, you know. Because sometimes, okay, let's say I'm a dancer. I can't be a dancer at the age of 70 years yes, old. Yes, you can. Not everyone. Sometimes it I limits I mean, yourself. it's much harder. It's much harder be because fair. the bones... I don't know. I just see some amazing people <laughs> that do these things till the day they die. You know, I mean, yes, it, it, I think it is important to be known when you're much younger. Yeah. I think that definitely helps. True. And I think for something like dance, yes, it helps to be known when you're younger because then when you're in your seventies, you can be a, still, you can still be revered. They can still enjoy watching you or whatever. But I think in certain arts, um, yeah, it, it's, it's ageless. Hmm. But That's I'm a good also point. saying that. The system is the one that's killing us at school, you know, mm. because they're making us to concentrate on the same things. Mm. And through those, that process, we are, we all cannot be doctors. Yeah, I've always tried to figure out, um, what makes white people, for instance, yeah. so supportive of creativity in their kids yeah. versus black parents who try to dissuade you. And I think it's because white people are more comfortable with uncertainty. And I think they might be more comfortable with uncertainty. Wow. I think the exact opposite of them. No, I that's think they might be. Other, that's why they have prejudice, <laughs> racial no, society. But, but that's why they do not do good. No, but I'm saying because they have, they've never had to deal with uncertainty. They, they have such institutional security, mm. right? That they can allow because I know it's like when you know you have insurance, mm. 
you know um i think it's 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 much easier than for you to take risks yeah. well, and to gamble so if we can equate creativity to uncertainty it makes them yeah. do you think that security is in the form of networks even that that you know? one you know it is that yeah that, that yeah. yeah because you yeah. know that one my uncle yeah. <laughs> knows that designer, knows oh that my God. guy. Knows I'm literally having a brainwave. <laughs> this is fantastic because I've been trying to figure this out because I creatively have been incredibly uncomfortable. And I was talking to my mom about this the other day and the lessons that I've learned because I've spent the past 11 years of my life mm-hmm. being, cre- a creative. being a creative <laughs> like day in, day out, mm-hmm. right? And no two days of my life have ever looked the same. In fact, oftentimes they're just vastly different because mm. I'm constantly figuring things out as I go and I'm constantly in a, a process of, of trial and error. And I don't know how many things I've done, ideas I've had, you know, mm. all of this in, in the, in the past 10 years to finally arrive to where I am now, um, which is a fairly certain place. But in the process, it's just always, I've always had to live with like this chronic uncertainty and it almost drove me to the point of madness and what I was saying to my mom I think what I didn't realize gives you creative freedom and structure thank you Lord Jesus <laughs> thank you <laughs> oh my god I feel like she's been waiting thank a really Lord. long time thank for me. you <laughs> so I have a watch uh-huh moment. <laughs> because structure I'm like really no works. because I realize what's limited me creatively yeah um a lot of the time is fear and anxiety. And yeah. so a lot of the time my creative process has been destructive and I've been demoralized and I've had to pick myself up over and over and yeah. over again. Right. And there's always an opportunity cost. So, you know, in the time that I spend being depressed and having to pick up myself up, I actually could have been creating. Yeah. Right. But some, yeah. all those emotions come at the cost of creativity. And I, re- I said to my mom, I feel like the biggest irony in the world is that structure enables creativity. Some people mm-hmm. are too afraid to to move to the next level of becoming successful mm. because sometimes you know being successful in the creative sector comes with being famous mm. Mm. but then will you be able to sustain your fame? Hmm. I feel that this sometimes keeps people back hmm. you understand because you need to go to meetings. Mm. And you need to go to uh, professional meetings. You know, you can't, you can't be out your meeting under the trees or everything, <laughs> things like that. You understand? You go to restaurants, they're also expensive. You're meeting people like Bonang, like Poeti. Or, or like, let's say, SA Fashion Week, inviting you to come to, 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 to the Fashion Week in Cape Town. Will mm. you have money to, to go there? Okay, so on that realistic level of, you know, the logistics around being a creative, part of the logistics as well is um, priorities, um, financial priorities. Do you have any of that kind of stuff? So family members that you have to take care of financially or do you feel the pressure of making enough money to make your mom happy or to make your mom a bit comfortable? Maybe your mom can retire early or whatever. Do you have have those kinds of things in your mind when you do what you do? Yeah, true, because... Every time when I hustle, I think about my family because I need to, you know, I need to sustain them, you know, and I need to make sure that one day, okay, my mom will, will, will stop working and I'll be the breadwinner. 
So does that ever affect the kind of gigs that you take or um, where your career is heading based on those kinds of things or based on being able to go to Fashion Week in Cape Town or whatever it is to do? Are those things determined by some of those those financial priorities in the back of your head? Yeah, because I believe that if if, if I go there, I might meet an investor mm. who's willing to to invest in my art craft, you know. So sometimes it takes sacrifices that I need to go there because it's good to be at the good time with good people. You know, some, sometimes we won't, sometimes even in the creative sector for people to succeed, not some some of them their work is not good, but then they were there at the right time with the right people. Yeah, people are a big part of it, eh? Connections. And, yeah, networks. because you can meet a very huge investor from America. Has social media changed that at all? Are you are you more able to access networks than you otherwise wouldn't have been able to because your work is on public display? Yeah, I think social media has played a very huge role. Because if my work is is able to be viewed in in abroad countries through social media, you, you understand it, it it plays a, it plays a very huge role and an impact in my work. You know, for someone who's in Cape Town, who's in Durban, for them to be able to see what I'm doing, it's a very good thing through social media because it connects people. It's like we're in the same place. Because mm. I find it so interesting. It it seems a lot like um. Artists will make things for social media, not necessarily for people. Yeah. But yeah. people happen to be on social no, media. No, that's really smart. And in terms of what you're saying, as far as um, having to be able to financially sustain your lifestyle, if you're famous, I think social media has made a huge difference. And it's cut a lot of operational costs for people who are trying to get exposure or mm. fame. Mm. And you don't necessarily have to be I don't think in 2017 you have to be rich to be famous. Social media following Mm. is actually more valuable than rands and cents. That's so true. When I, you remember when I told you about that, sometimes to also get an endorsement deal, you need to have a cent, a certain level of followers, Mm. 10k. Mm. (laughs) Understand? So what about those people who have the most coolest work, but then they don't have 10k? followers mm. so it means they won't get that opportunity to get the endorsement deal that hurts me personally mm. i hate it <laughs> it's like it's the social media version of quiet people yeah you mm. know the ones that don't have that many followers yeah <laughs> social media version of quiet. <laughs> i know what i got time <laughs> it, ha- it has its advantages and yet also it's disadvantages. Yeah. But it definitely, I will, I do think it's, it's been really good for our creative economy on this continent, mm-hmm. uh, where, you know, there still are massive levels of, of poverty mm-hmm. alongside massive levels of talent. Mm-hmm. Um, and in many ways, because before, you know, in, particularly in Western economies, before social media and internet, money had to come first. Right? Mm. So you'd have money, then you'd get famous, and then you'd get more money. Yeah. Um, and th- that almost like made it very, very difficult for people who didn't have much. Um, and that's where the American dream comes from, right? Mm. Is because it's like this amazing thing you achieve. You're Oprah. You make this like enormous leap from being, having nothing in America to being everything in America. Yeah. What was actually interesting with the, the models back in the day, 
uh, was not not models like the model back mm. in the day was that actually fame a lot of times came before money did, mm. and that was because behind the scenes, if you don't understand contracts, they could screw you over so nicely. <laughs> yeah. Like I don't know if you remember actually, but Rihanna when she released her rated R album, that was what her fourth album was. I think she was broke. She mm. was like bankrupt <laughs> because she just didn't like she didn't understand the paperwork. She didn't her her um accountant screwed her so mm. a lot of the times actually even oprah she mm. wasn't rich until like a while after she was on air so she was famous yeah okay so came later. I, I guess i guess what happened then and this is another reason i'm pro social media is because it's made people a lot more independent from um managers and from yeah. record companies and yeah. agencies and and, and yeah. middlemen essentially so mm. you know the money and the resources had to come from from somewhere, but usually the money, the people who put in the money and the resources would then also reap the rewards and the, the artists would lose out. Yeah. And I think like social media also gives people a lot more Direct control. Access, and I asked you just now yeah. if you have an agent, you said no, and it wasn't a thing for you. You know, yeah. back in the day, if you didn't have an agent, what are you doing with your life? Yeah. If no one recommends you, you're not at the mm. door. And I also think social media, you know, talking about social media, it's playing a very huge role. Also in Africa or South Africa, mm. people like Somizi. Soms, Soms, Gaga. Soms, Soms, You understand? <laughs> and people have noticed him through social because he was really hated before, but then now he's yeah, a he superstar. He did go through that phase, actually. He's a what superstar. changed? The influence through huh. social media and everything that, that he's oh, been that doing. Changed. What I wonder is if it's intrigue, whether they like you or hate you, if they're intrigued enough mm. and interested enough. Then they'll learn to like you. Yeah. yeah, yeah, because that's why I love Kim Kardashian. Yeah. Yeah. I love her. I also love I me some Kim, girl. <laughs> because you know, it's not necessarily yeah. that I subscribe, but I love. I just love seeing how she got there and yeah. why she has so much attention. Do you think it's? Do you think intrigue is enough? Mind you, I don't think you take her to dinner. Oh, I don't think you'd like. I, I, I think you probably take I her might, to dinner, yeah. but I don't think you take her to like several dinners. I might. I don't think I don't know if you would I be feel, her friend. I feel like I'd learn very interesting business um concepts. But for I this also generation. suspect that she might offend you in other ways. I don't think she would. But I also think mm-hmm. that, I've been watching the keeping up with the Kardashians. Yeah. I don't think she would. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then sometimes looks are deceiving, you know. But it, it's it, true. it could be beauty without brains. But this is the thing. A lot of the times it's considered beauty without brains. I think yeah. she has brains. She has brains. You know, so it's like a, it's not a pleasant surprise because okay. it's not necessarily that I expected her to not be intelligent because you don't get I think she got smart. Being intelligent. Yeah. I think she's been smart. I know about that. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. But I also think yeah. that um, the machine, like I'm always aware of how many forces and how many people are behind creating just one person mm. and how many things are at work behind the scenes. And those things can actually make the human appear a lot, the human being the product, mm. appear a lot more savvy and a lot smarter than they actually are. The thing is, you're assuming that she only became successful when she became a public figure. She was already a businesswoman before yeah. we ever knew her as a public figure. Mm. So that's, it's not necessarily just from, it's not necessarily just from seeing, oh wow, she happens to be savvy. Therefore, I believe she's savvy. She's been savvy. Yeah. Then she just happened to present herself as a public figure. I, and that came with its own nuances. I think Kim Kardashian's is, is kind of this weird in between where she's both overestimated and Underestimated. I think the answer is somewhere in the middle. 
that's my mm. suspicion. I disagree. But with that, <laughs> we need to round up. Um, I want to thank you so much, uh, founder of Chilling with the Creatives Innocent. Yeah, yeah, are you, yeah. are you, a, are, have you founded it with a couple of other people? Uh, yeah, yeah, it's me and my, my, my nigga. <laughs> so we're the co-founders. Okay, that's wonderful. And maybe next time we'll also have him on. Yeah. Um, and I sort of just want to leave you with a quote that's really actually just a reminder rather than a, a thought of the day. This is by Pablo Picasso. Every child is an artist. The problem is how to remain an artist once we grow up. And, you know, often we do tend to forget that we all were, mm. we all started out creatively. Can I also quote Picasso? Can I just jump on that bandwagon? Yes. Uh, Picasso mm. also said that in order to truly tap into your creativity, you've got to kill your parents and not literally kill your parents yeah. as in like yeah, murder yeah. them, <laughs> but you've got to drown them out. And I think yeah. those quotes are both relevant yeah. can I add in very different ways. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. For people that are being hated, mm. what I can say is that it's far better to create things that people criticize than to create nothing and criticize others. And uh-huh. I feel like Picasso probably said that. <laughs> That's so good. Thank That's you so, good. so much. Um, please make sure to, to follow us on Facebook on The Made Sessions. That's M-A-I-D-E Sessions. As well as our Twitter page, which is at Made Project. That's again M-A-I-D-E Project. Have a, have a very lovely afternoon. Thank you so much, Innocent, for coming. You're part of the family, part of the furniture. Thank you, Mbali. Thank you. <laughs> anytime. I'll be on your show anytime, girl. <laughs> <laughs> Look at this one. <laughs> Have a really good afternoon and make sure to catch us next week. Bye. Bye.